0: This morning we will continue the series on Exodus and we'll read together And in connection with that the next uh, section which is also the text for the message. And that's Exodus chapter 5 starting at verse 1 to chapter 6 verse 13. The new hardship faced by the people of God and the response of the Lord, that we might learn how to respond to hardships. Exodus chapter 5, if you're in the building here this morning, you can find that on page 48 in the, Bible, or in the pew Bible. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen "'You shall no longer give the people straw "'to make bricks as in the past. "'Let them go and gather straw for themselves. "'But the number of bricks that they made in the past "'you shall impose on them. "'You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. "'Therefore they cry, "'Let us go and offer sacrifice to our God. "'Let heavier work be laid on the men "'that they may labor at it and pay no regard.'" To lying words. So the taskmasters and the foremen of the people went out and said to the people, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go and get your straw yourselves when, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced in the least. So the people were scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Complete your work your daily task each day, as when there was straw. And the foremen of the people of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, why have you not done all your task of making bricks today and yesterday as in the past? And the foremen of the people of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, why do you treat your servants like this? No straw is given to your servants, yet they say to us, Make bricks, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. That is why you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Go now and work. No straw will be given you, but you must still deliver the same number of bricks." The foremen of the people of Israel saw that they were in trouble when they said, You shall by no means reduce your number of bricks, your daily task each day. They met Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh. And they said to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. "'God spoke to Moses and said to him, "'I am the Lord. "'I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, "'but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. "'I also established my covenant with them "'to give them the land of Canaan, "'the land in which they lived as sojourners. "'Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, "'whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, "'and I have remembered my covenant.' I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, go in. Tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me, for I am of uncircumcised lips? But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt." and then follows a genealogy that's inserted, and you can tell that it's inserted because that verse 13 is, again, repeated uh, after that, verses 26 to 30, the command to go to Pharaoh. As far as the reading of Holy Scripture, we'll now sing together in preparation for the message, Psalm 71, stanzas 9 and 11. Again, this Psalm recognizes that bitter cares are sent from the Lord and directs God's people to ask God not to forsake them, to trust that he will be loving us in the midst of hardships. Psalm 71 and we'll sing together stanzas 9 and 11. Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ could just sing a psalm together, how things change from youth to old age, how the Lord teaches us more and more about the reality of His promises and what they mean for us. And the saints who served the Lord earlier in the history of the world knew less about the work of the Lord and His name than we do today our young, young sister, Lois Dembrinke, will be baptized this afternoon, the Lord willing. She knows a lot less about the promises she receives than our oldest members do. Although we may learn the words of God's assuring guarantees at a young age, the experience of God's unchanging faithfulness, the comfort of His grace in Difficult uh, circumstances and the peace that results from our experience, or from our faith in, in in the Lord. These are things that are learnt only by experiences. The Lord makes His n- name known to us not only by just telling us His name, but by showing us what it means to belong to the family of God as covenant children. The Lord increases the knowledge of his name among believers through our text today as well. Exodus 5 and 6 reveal the name of the Lord through the contrast that is made between Pharaoh as a king and the Lord as king. Whereas the Lord sent Moses so that the people might rest for worship, Pharaoh only wanted his people to work harder. Pharaoh's immediate response that was so hard for Israel also stands in contrast to the Lord's apparent inaction that brought more and more trouble to Israel. Is the church to understand that it is better and more bearable to stay silent and try to appease oppressors, rather to obey God and confront them for the sake of receiving what God had promised? Whatever the Lord wanted, his, uh, wanted to reveal about his name through these burdens of oppression, it was very hard for the people to receive. They went, and you could see that if you compare Exodus 4 verse 31 to Exodus 5 verse 20. They went from bowing down and worshiping to an angry confrontation with Moses and Aaron, even refusing to listen to the word of God that was brought to them. Even Moses, who had just gained sufficient confidence to obey and to go to Egypt, he started to question the Lord again about his plan of salvation. Suffering and setbacks are not enjoyable. They can bring many different emotions to our minds and to our hearts. When we come to understand that the Lord is in control of everything, including such suffering... It forces us then to carefully examine our expectations of the Lord. Does our anger and frustration come because we have a false image of God that is not consistent with his own revelation? The Lord replied to Moses' questions by telling him that he was revealing the name Yahweh, the Lord. Again, we ask, is it possible that our ideas about what God should look like have made it difficult to accept what he really, who He really is? As children of the same Lord, the Yahweh that Moses announced, we are blessed to be able to grow in our understanding of His name, even in suffering. I preach to you this gospel under that theme, the Lord makes his name known even in intense suffering. you see, he makes his name known when boldness backfires, when fear fires back, and whenever we cry to him. The expression that it is best to let sleeping dogs lie has, has led many people to warn us against poking the bear, A lot of people are tentative to confront the government on issues such as abortion and LGBTQ issues because they are afraid that this will only incite the government to increase the persecution of the church. Who can forget John the Baptist confronting King Herod about his marriage and then his illegitimate wife retaliating by having his head cut off. Criticize a dictator question the ideology of a so-called woke liberal or warn a self-righteous, immoral sinner with a gentle prick of the conscience and you can expect a sledgehammer response. And the Lord told Moses and Aaron that this is what would happen with Pharaoh also. You could see that in Exodus 3 verse 19 or 4 verse 21. And as he had warned them, Pharaoh's response was very extreme. When Pharaoh heard Moses and Aaron's first attempt to, to speak to him, and you'll notice that wording is a little different than the Lord had given them to say in Exodus 3, verse 18. Well, Pharaoh responded to let the messengers know that the Lord's name meant nothing to him. That the le- name of the Lord would certainly not compel him to let Israel go. It's an argument that the church continues to hear when we bring our concerns to oppressors or to those in authority over us. It appears that perhaps Moses and Aaron thought that Pharaoh's negativity was related to their inability to communicate clearly. So they actually repeat the message again in verse 3, and now they stick, uh, keep the message closer to what the Lord had told them to say In Exodus 3 verse 18. And they also remembered to warn Pharaoh that the Lord is capable of sending pestilence and sword if he didn't cooperate. But the words of the Lord fall on deaf ears. And this is an important lesson for us as we seek to understand who the Lord we worship is. The Lord showed his church that even though we may faithfully proclaim the truth of God's sovereignty and call leaders, ungodly leaders, to submit to God's will, the Lord does not promise that his enemies will change their position. Although our faithfulness and obedience is a necessary fruit of faith, we should not think that simply repeating his truth Will cause the Lord or manipulate the Lord to now make people respond in the way that we want. We must remember the words of our Lord Jesus in all our in such situations when he prayed, Not our will, not my will, but your will, O God, be done. We should not think that the Lord is obligated to reward us with the favor of his enemies just because we are obedient to his word. Well, Pharaoh, we can see in chapter 5, he immediately recognizes that his authority in the land is being challenged by the God of the Hebrews. The God who gave this people the hope of feasting and rest from their burdens was seen by Pharaoh as a threat to his power. The people were preferring. We're revealing a preference to make sacrifices to the Lord instead of making sacrifices to, for Pharaoh. And you can see that this really bothers Pharaoh because he mentions it two times in our text, in 5 verse 8 and 17, he keeps saying, and these guys want to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Well, Pharaoh reveals his position and perhaps his fear when he mocks the Israelite religion as a bunch of lying words, chapter 5, verse 9, that they should not pay attention to. Pharaoh showed his contempt for the Lord by ordering the Israelites to suffer even more intense labor. As they saw their boldness backfire, the people of God could learn that they would need to suffer and that when God's enemies, they they would need to suffer when God's enemies attacked the Lord. This is also another important lesson for us about the consequences of being in a covenant relationship with the Lord. The privilege of following the Lord and being his people came with the danger of being attacked and enslaved by everyone who hates the Lord. You could see this also Foretold in Revelation chapter 12. Our Lord Jesus experienced this when his enemies sought to kill him for manifesting the glory of God in his miracles. And you could think particularly the time he raised Lazarus from the dead. And our Lord Jesus warned us that God's enemies will treat the disciples with the same hatred that they show to the teacher. Matthew 10. Well, when we see our boldness backfire, we need to remember that this is a part of being the chosen people of the Lord. It's not a sign of God's abandonment, but it's a sign of his nearness to us and that we are united to him by our faith. When Moses prays to the Lord after his meeting with the angry foreman, He recognizes, and you can see that now in verses 22 and 23, that it was the Lord who had done this evil to his people, even though it was experienced, you see in verse 23, by Pharaoh doing the evil as a king. As the foreman explained, the Lord had made the people of Israel a stench. He had made them stink by sending Moses and Aaron And the words that the Lord had given them to use about sacrificing to him in the desert were being used by the king of Egypt as a sword in his hand to kill the Israelites, like the foreman said in verse 21. It was an undeniable fact that reveals even more about the name of the Lord who is with his people. The word of the Lord can be used as a sword by our enemies, to kill his church. God's infinite plans can include the possibility of death. When he says that he is with his people, this does not mean that their obedience is a guarantee of a comfortable and an easy life. We know our Lord Jesus came into the world to be rejected by the world, to die on a cross. And his death removes the sting of death For believers, but it does not mean that we will never have to die for our faith. Even with the Lord as our God, we can expect that the teaching of Scripture that we just repeat can be used by wicked men as swords to condemn us. Even though Bill C-4 could forbid the repetition of any biblical commandment of life concerning men and women using the word of God as a sword to kill us. This does not mean the Lord is any less in control. We learn the name of the Lord we worship. It's a difficult lesson to learn. And unless we accept it in trust, We might never be able to live in peace without fear. The people of God were very afraid when they saw the angry and the hostile sledgehammer response of Pharaoh. And it isn't hard for us to understand why most children who who study the the, the Old Testament and who have story Bibles have this story as well, speaking of of the, the Pharaoh saying that they had to work harder. The Egyptians had been providing this cut straw that was necessary for making bricks, but now the people were forced to scrounge for their own straw among the stubble of the fields. And it scattered the people of God all over the land of Egypt. It would have put a strain on the families. In addition, they would know that every time they failed, the, the foremen were, were being beaten If the number of bricks was lower than it had been in the time when the straw was provided, ancient pictures of Egyptian taskmasters in the fields show them using rods to to beat the slaves. While the foremen and the people of Egypt were faced with an impossible expectation from an unjust ruler who believed it was possible for a human being to work day and night without resting. The beaten four men knew they were in trouble. We can can see with them that frightening prospect. But even in the midst of this despair and in this fear, the Lord was making his name known to the people. They were growing in their understanding of who the Lord is. Having the sovereign, eternal Lord as your God does not mean that you will never have many reasons to experience fear and despair. The question is how do we respond? Well, Instead of returning to the Lord with their cry for help like they had cried in the end of Exodus chapter 2, now the foreman turned to their government for mercy. To them it. Looked like the king of Egypt was more capable of helping, that he was stronger than the Lord. For his will succeeded over the promises that the Lord had made in their view. While the meeting only added to their despair. The king of Egypt was no savior And sadly, their fear and their despair blinded them to see how the Lord was with them, even in these darkest moments. They were unable to see the love and concern and the compassion of the Lord in the presence of these two messengers, Moses and Aaron, who had taken their stand, were waiting outside the king's court to see what response they would get. You can read that in verses 20 and 21. The foremen didn't understand, and so they confronted the very messengers of God, the, f- the evidence of his presence among them with, in a very aggressive manner. And it reminds us of how quickly God's people can get angry with one another when they feel fear or the danger of a apparent hopeless situation. And the worst of it is, as we think about that, as we look at the foreman and their fear and their anxiety, and we see also ourselves in that reaction, the worst of it is that our desire to complain and blame other people for our suffering are really, at the base, expressions of anger against the Lord. I knew when I was growing up, my parents often reminded me that if I didn't like my situation, I knew who to complain to and who I was complaining to. However, although their anger blinded the foreman's eyes, the fact of the matter was the Lord was still present with his church through the mediator he had given to plead their cause. It was an important lesson for the church Moses was still that mediator appointed by God to stand between God and the people. It was true that Moses appeared to be quite brash in the way that he talked to God about a situation. Sharing in the despair of his people, understanding that feeling, he, he, he fired back at God out of his fear, you have not delivered your people at all. It was as if Moses had used the interview between the foreman and the king as a test of the Lord's faithfulness. And Moses blamed the Lord for sending him and causing all this hardship in the beginning, for making him poke the bear and and wake sleeping dogs. And then later he again reminds the Lord of that problem of his uncircumcised lips. It's chapter 6 verse 12. Now whether Moses meant that his mother tongue was the language of uncircumcised people or that he had a physical condition that made it difficult for him to speak with an open mouth, Moses revealed his fear about the future. And although we may be surprised and perhaps even taken aback by how much Moses took on and and presented the fear of the people before the Lord, The important thing is that Moses turned to the Lord for help and for mercy rather than the king of Egypt. Moses was aware that the evil had come from the Lord, just like we sang of of the bitter cares in Psalm 71. The Lord was the only one who could take it away. As a representative of the people before God and as a spokesman of God, To the people, the Lord used Moses to make his son, Jesus Christ, known to the church. And in our suffering, we are reminded to look to God in the midst of our bitter cares, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our despair, to look to God and, and to understand that he even knows those emotions that we feel. And we know that our Lord Jesus Christ is continually interceding for us before the Father. We know that our cries, even cries that are perhaps brash at times, are brought before the Lord and purified in the blood of Jesus Christ through the Spirit. You see how the Lord reveals His name to us in suffering when we really need Him to hear our prayers, and we see in Him a patient and a loving Father who shows His grace to us. We can be comforted to know that the Good Shepherd, our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, is always with His church by His Spirit and His Word. Every one of us who believes has God the Spirit dwelling in our hearts to comfort us, to remain with us forever. And the Lord is leading and guiding us in His, His Word in, in very practical ways through, through our spiritual leaders, through our parents and, and others who are guiding us in His Word. And so, brothers and sisters, let us not allow our fear And despair to blind our eyes to the many ways that the Lord is present with us. Even in the most bitter suffering. Let's not reject his means of grace like the Israelites did in Egypt's slavery. Like we read in chapter 6 verse 9 because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Rather let us grow in our understanding of the name of the Lord. Let's praise Him for His patience, for His open arms to hear our complaints and our laments and our bitter cries. As He receives them, as a God who knows and who also brings deliverance. He hears us whenever we cry to Him. You could see the Lord's response in chapter 6. He first repeats what he promised, and then starting in verse 2, he has that very clear statement, I am the Lord, I am Yahweh. It's found repeatedly through his description of his plan to Moses. You can see it in chapter 6, verse 2 and 6 and 7 and 8. As you'll remember, that is the, the special name of for the Lord. It's a declaration of his sovereignty and his eternity. And then in verse 3, there, we, we see that he's comparing how that name was known in the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At that time, they could see he was God Almighty. He was El Shaddai. But the people of Israel, through their suffering, could call upon him in an increased understanding of him as Lord, as, as a covenant father who is who is and who was and who is to come, who truly is never absent with us. This means that we never need to be afraid if the Lord does not respond to our cries immediately. When we grow in our understanding of the name of the Lord, we see that His perspective is infinite and eternal, Although we measure our lives in terms of of time with a beginning and an end. And we think that we need to have justice before we die. The Lord knows that our deaths are not the end of us. He sees the big picture. A thousand years are like a day gone by. We stand in the presence of the eternal Lord whom we call Father. And whenever we cry to Him, whenever we turn to Him, He is God with us, Emmanuel. When the Lord replies to Moses' complaint, chapter 6, it reveals that whenever we cry to him, we will find comfort in his name. We can find comfort in his faithfulness in the past. You see how the Lord answers that? He says, I've always been with you. I made your covenant and I'm always faithful. We can find comfort in even more than Moses, for we know of the sending of his Son that we celebrate at Christmas time, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We know his promises for the future. And The message of our text today calls us to be careful to see the Lord, to know his name, to see how he is with us, and to listen to all that he reveals about himself. We are especially prone to to, toward wrong thinking in times of stress and anxiety and suffering. And that's why it's not hard to identify ourselves in the response of the Israelites. We read that although they heard these wonderful things, even as we're hearing them right now, they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. We are not listening to what he has revealed about his name when we think, well, if God is loving, this would never happen to me. Or if the Bible tells me to do something I don't like, what kind of God is that? Why should I follow him? If you are picturing God as some sort of Santa Claus in the sky who has failed, if he doesn't give you the blessings you prayed for or that life you had imagined for yourselves, then you have not heard what the Lord has made known to us about his name. When today looks gloomy or hopeless, don't turn to the government and expect them to save him, save you. Don't take out your anger on other people or fellow Christians as if any change in their behavior could change the situation in our church and make it better. But lift your eyes up to the Lord and reflect on his long history of faithfulness, standing behind every promise he has made. This is what the Lord showed Moses in his despair and his fear. This is what we read in Exodus 6. and This is what we also need to see today. Even in extreme suffering, we can know that he is the Lord who has bound himself to us. And that binding to us can be also a reason for much of the suffering that we face in our lives. Because there are many people who hate the Lord and who do not know his name. But he knows about our suffering. He can hear our hopeless cries, our anger, and and our despair. He is patient. He says, I am your God. and You are my people. Everything that is happening is for his glory. It's a part of an eternal plan. The Lord is saying that even in his suffering, he's, he's letting it be known that his name is being glorified through this. Even though we may not see how all the pieces fit or what the puzzle will look like at the end. Although you may have to suffer bitterly, maybe even die as martyrs under the hateful sword of the enemy. Our God is still the Lord. He's still faithful to his promises. He's still sovereign, still eternal. And the amazing thing is that he makes his name known to us in an even more personal way when we suffer. We grow in our understanding of this name When we experience fear, when we are hurt by the anger of weak and sinful fellow believers. For in all these things we see by experience just how continuous, how unwavering, how comforting the Lord's steadfast love really is. Even in intense suffering, God's people can conclude with John the Baptist that he must increase. But I must decrease. Chapter 6 ends with Moses and Aaron's family tree. They are being decreased. They are being shown to be simple, normal people. And we are reminded again that our hope is not in man, but in the promised mediator and deliverer, Jesus Christ. In the Lord, who says in verse 2, that I am the Lord and I will show Pharaoh it's verse 1. Now you shall see what I will do. And in Christ, we know much more about the name of the Lord than Moses and Aaron did. Many of us can add in the knowledge we have received through those personal struggles and sufferings, and, and even sometimes, and many of us have faced persecution for the faith. And we all conclude together the Lord has never failed in any promise that he has made. He is always with us. And that's why he sends Moses and Aaron back to Pharaoh, back to the sledgehammer. That's a clear message for us as well. We can trust in the Lord at all times. He has given us what we need for our task. He does not grow weary and he will never leave us, and so we can run with endurance. Amen. We'll now sing together Psalm 34, stanzas one and two. Again, you'll notice that Lord with all capitals is the name I am, who I am, Yahweh, uh, and that's the name we extol. Extol is to, to praise Even the afflicted can hear that voice as we seek Him in our suffering and prayer. Psalm 34, stanzas 1 and 2, and we'll sing that psalm together, standing, if you're able to stand.